access. Thanks, Emily. I just go into jiggle mode. Down deep below the surface. Down, down deep below the surface. Full access. Thanks, Emily. I just go into jiggle mode. Down deep below the surface. Down, down deep below the surface. Universal. To another week here at the Think Different Podcast. It is the podcast for all of the Apple Store friends and family, and more importantly, the Apple fans out there, because we are former Apple employees here today to talk about the world of Apple. And there's so much to talk about today. My name is Will TLD here every single week. This is episode 59. That's right, there are 58 other episodes besides this one, which is crazy to think, and we are so close to that number 60. In Roman numerals, I believe that's LX, I believe. You know, I should know that because I'm Greek. But I'm also here today with my friend, my pal, my partner, a guy I worked at an Apple store for 10 years, and he is definitely Mr. Keto Frank Funk, how you doing? Hey, I'm good, Will. How you doing today? Things going well. All right, I'm glad to hear that, Frank. And Frank informed us today that his keto weight has continued to decrease thanks to the teachings of the Will TLD. Frank, tell the world how much you lost. I lost 41 pounds. Uh, I've been doing this a little, about approximately three months. And uh, I lost three pounds this week. I'm at 205 getting close to my fighting weight when I was in the ring in the PAL League. Drop a few more pounds, I'll be ready to go back in the ring. That's right. Frank is going to get back into the ring and box his way to victory to become the next heavyweight champion of the world. Uh, That's right. I'm going to fight Iron Mike. All right. Well, I'm sure no one will pay to see that. All right, everybody. Let's talk about what happened this week in the world of of Apple or in technology in general. Because every week we have a brand new thing we're doing. It's called This Week in History. That's right. That's very creative. All right. Ten years ago, Apple launched its ill-fated social network known as Ping, which allowed users to follow their favorite music artists and friends within iTunes and discover what songs and albums they were listening to. So Frank, you remember this release of Ping? I do. So talk about it. So what were your thoughts of Ping before you you really realized what was happening? Well, if if you wanted to follow an artist um, to see, you know, what they were listening to, um, and, and the idea was that they would have some communication for their fans as well. Um, it was, to me, uh, it was all right. You know, mm-hmm. um, I thought that it would go over bigger than it did with, um, I'll say, the now generation. But um, you know, I don't think that people were interested that much in following their artists. The only value I saw out of that was you knew when your artist was going to have dates for concerts. That's probably the biggest thing I liked about it. Beyond that, I could care less. I mean, the idea is that they were supposed to post content for that site and only that site. And a lot of people weren't doing that. And then by September 30th of 2012, Tim Cook said that they have received the feedback and it's not something that people wanted and they discontinued it. It only took two years for this to go away uh, and move on. So yep, Ping launched 10 years ago today uh, on September 1st, I believe on, I believe, uh, yeah, September 1st. Yep, so it only took two years for it to go away. And actually, 
Apple also Apple launched Apple Music Connect, which was supposed to be like the newer version of Ping, but the same thing happened and they shut that down too. Well, I'll tell you, you know, to me, it's one of the things I, I like about Apple. They will try different things. If they work, fine. If they don't, then they shut them down. And, and it's not like um, they're asking you for a subscription to this, to whatever the item is. You know, they're trying it out, see if it works. If it works, fine. If it doesn't, okay, then they'll get rid of it. Well, Apple definitely tries splitting their stock, and that's exactly what they did, ladies and gentlemen. They split the stock on Friday, so as of today, when you're listening, you already know that your stock has been split four to one, and there were four groups of traders that gave feedback based on what they felt like if it was worth doing. Two of them said rating buy, so I'm guessing that means that you should definitely buy stock. One yep, was neutral, which means that it's hard to say right now what's going to happen. And then one was overweight. So I guess and that means that it probably isn't a good idea to do it. Well, he just felt that, or I say he, it's the universal he, not the politically correct he. Um, that analyst felt that it's the stock was overvalued and that you may not want to invest at this time. But when Apple split, the stock was available at about 122 and right now it's selling at 131 now it's down today almost $3 but nonetheless um, these other analysts are saying that 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 the apple stock is is should be in the neighborhood of about 150 um, so that's their target price. So even at 150, that's a, to me, that's a very good stock to have. Yes. And I had two people that I know invest into the stocks as well. And, you know, our split has been amazing because we had stock for years. To see a four to one split, the amount of stock that we gained, like when, like for instance, when I hit, I think, 1.5%, that's like $1,000 in stock for me. Yeah, of course. So that, that that's how crazy that is. It, it, that's a very small percentage now. And I'm just waiting for the next split. Let's just keep going. Well, let me, <laughs> listen, well, let me tell you something. Warren Buffett doesn't invest in Apple no, because it's not. a gamble. Okay? Yeah. Warren Buffett is one of the top investors in the, in the world. And when he invests, he invests a ton of money. More than you, me, your father, your mother, my father, my mother could amass in our lifetime. So if he's buying, pretty much. And he resisted a, for a, a while, didn't he? He did. He did. You know, but uh, he, he's fully gun ho now. So um, for the casual investor, if you have some money laying around, I would uh, definitely suggest Apple. Well, would you, now the question is, would you suggest Samsung? Uh, uh, you know, that's a hard one for me because I'm not a Samsung fan. But um, one of the fellows that I used to be in an investment club with, he said, he told me two things. Pigs get slaughtered, meaning if you're greedy, you're going to get slaughtered. 
Um, and two, never get married to a stock. Our theory in the investment club was when we looked at a stock, we said one of two things. All right, if the stock is selling for X value, how much will we be happy with making on this stock? In other words, we would set a, a top limit and a bottom limit. So if this stock goes up 10%, would we be happy with that? And in the majority of the time, we said yes. So that's when we would sell. If it went down 5%, then we would be looking to sell. Even with Samsung or any company, Tesla, um, Cisco, um, Morgan Stanley, any of those, um, it's a matter of you just have to look at what they're doing what the stock is selling for. The other thing is, you know, if it's if it's if you're going to have to invest a lot of money for a, a small number of stocks, you know, that's what you want to think about. So, like uh, Samsung, what's their what's their going price now? Well, remember, this is also in Korea. I don't think they trade on the market here in the U.S. I believe they, they trade only in Korea, which is at 56300 but I'm assuming that's in their currency. Yeah, yeah. So that's why it's it's a little too high. But I don't know. what If you could translate that, that's what they're trading at right now. Of course, you have to be an international investor to do that. You'd have to get mm -hmm. on to, you know. But they do have a new product, you know. Yes, and that's the big segue, is that they announced their new foldable Android Fold called the Galaxy Z Fold 2. Now, we remember this new Galaxy Fold came out last year. It was a pretty big thing because it was the first foldable phone that was going to be sold here, I believe, in the U.S., or at least a, a well-known phone. Uh, and it, it got a lot of problems with the first one that came out, uh, especially that the screen. I mean, the, 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 there was a debris problem that got into the screen. There was display was not real glass. It was more like a plastic. I actually did get to see that phone in person uh, when I used to work at Sirius. And yeah, I was, it was like, it was cool, but it's like, are you really going to use it? Well, they have improved this with a stronger hinge, better protection against debris, and it's a brand new design because remember they started this these foldable designs on other products. This is not the only one they've ever done right, it on. Right. But this is the big one. The biggest downside is that the storage went down. So the storage used to be five twelve, went down to two fifty six, and you're paying roughly the same amount of price. Uh, again, I I just don't see myself ever converting to a foldable phone. Now the one side, the front of it, I should say, is is a screen so you can answer calls and and just like you would on a a non-foldable phone mm -hmm. then you can fold or open it i should say um and and then you have a what size is the screen when it's open does it say the pixel dimensions are 2260 by 816 and it's 6.2 inches to me now something like this could be beneficial to a business person that is doing charts, graphs, spreadsheets. Because the, the larger surface allows you to have more information in a single screen. Could be beneficial, but again, how often are you going to use it? And is it going to replace, is that going to replace an iPad or a, or a tablet of some sort remains to be seen. 
the fold I like the foldable option where something's on the bottom and like you can watch YouTube on the top and you can do like messages on the bottom like that's cool I, I do like that feature uh, this one is uh, pretty powerful too this is a 12 gigabyte RAM so this is a lot of RAM that goes into this to make this work uh, which is pretty impressive it's got the 5g on it it's got the stereo speakers I'm trying to position it as a luxury device because it's the most expensive phone literally out there to buy so you got to have some money to, or investment i think it's like 86 dollars a month if you want to invest into it that's crazy this is the plaintiff epic games they said they wanted to start a new direct payment system over the defendant's ripoff store stealing 30 percent of the profits please they stated Apple imposes unreasonable and unlawful restraints. Also, the other developers, like Amazon, catch a break on those deals, and they feel it's not right. They are suing for a lot, a lot, a lot of money. The money they believe they're owed. This is a defendant, Apple. They said they're not budging on their policies and ordered the plaintiff to comply. Since they didn't listen, they kicked them off of the App Store. Google also kicked off the plaintiffs due to their little complaint of their fees. Apple had all the rights to remove their developmental license, and these guys are just not thankful for the development of this platform to sell their Fortnite coins. They're accused of not playing along. These companies are not actors. They are real companies pending in a civil court. They're going to have their case discussed right here on the Think Different Podcast. That's right, everybody. It is time for the People's Court here on the Think Different Podcast. I hope you enjoyed that special opening I made. That's right. Every week that we talk about... Epic Games and Apple, we're going to do it as a people's court intro. So let's talk about what happened this week in the war between Epic and Apple. This is a pretty big one because they Apple warned that Epic Games developer account would be removed if they follow if they were not able to change everything about their App Store to stop the direct payment system. Well, Fortnite is in violation of those rules. And Apple did indeed decide to remove their account off Apple. So it is officially announced that Apple terminated Epic Games developer account as of Friday, August 28th. Let's let's kind of back up now. Uh, Fortnite is trying to make a case in court. Let me just give you some facts and figures um, on the Apple side. Now. On Wednesday, Apple announced that it had paid $155 billion to developers since 2008. Now, Epic did not start in 2008 with the iPhone. So that's up $120 billion from January of 2019 which means that the company's app store had total sales maxing out at $50 billion in 2019. Assuming developers take 70% of the app sales, that means that it generated about $15 billion in revenue for Apple, according to CNBC. Now, based on those stats, it paid out $35 billion to developers in 2019. Just the App Store alone 
Okay, with those numbers, that means that the App Store would stand alone in the Fortune 500 as number 64. It would be ahead of Cisco and behind Morgan Stanley. Now, the reason I bring this up is because one of Epic's questions is, how did Apple give us uh, two billion people or customers? Well, there is some information that tells you the Apple universe, um, the App Store, has billions of people that purchased from that store. Not just Epic apps, but other apps. The other thing that I want to bring up is that Epic entered into this contract willfully. It was not a special contract. That contract was no different than if the WFL created an app and they wanted to put it on the App Store. If you have in-app purchases and the price of that app, whatever you're charging for it, Apple gets 30%. So one developer is no different than the next. So from a judge's point of view, um, I don't see how they can argue with that. The other thing is, is Apple controlling a monopoly? And I look at it this way. Everything in the App Store is, has to meet Apple standards for a couple of reasons. One, privacy. They don't want a developer to sell the user's information to, to a third party. And it has to make sure, or wants to make sure, that there's no content that would be objectionable to uh, their customers, whether they're children or seniors. And so I, I think Apple has a pretty good case now. Whether or not um, the Epic users are going to be satisfied with that, I don't know. But we'll see what happens. There may be some sort of settlement. I don't know. But the problem is if Apple moves in the direction of reducing that 30% for Epic, well, that kind of opens the floodgate to, well, what do you mean? What, how am I any different than Epic? Right. So I think therein lies the rub. So this was the statement from Apple when they removed it. They stated that we are disappointed that we have to terminate the Epic Games account on their App Store. We've worked with the team at Epic Games for many years on their launches and releases. The court recommended that Epic comply with the App Store guidelines while their case moves forward. Guidelines they've followed for the past decade until they created this situation. Epic has refused. Instead, they have repeatedly summit uh, Fortnite updates designed to violate the guidelines of the App Store. This is not fair to all other developers on the App Store and is putting customers in the middle of their fight. That's a pretty good point. Uh, we hope that we can work together again in the future, but unfortunately that is not possible today. And so that means they cannot submit any games to the App Store whatsoever at all. And any of their other games that they've also have up there are also terminated. Since that has happened, it's as funny as it says, Apple has now put a new game in front called the PUBG. Uh, so in order to fight uh, Fortnite, PUBG is an app that does exactly the same thing as Fortnite. And that is now featured under the Today feature 
Uh, so that's a retaliation. It's just to tell you, hey, there's this new game that's exactly like Fortnite that you can play. So that's a slap in the face to them. I like the phrase. So you know the phrase that's great is it's not fair for other developers on the App Store and it's putting customers in the middle of their fight. I love that line. That's a great line to, to, that the customer suffers for this. It's so different than, you know, when you have DirecTV and there's a contract dispute between, like, Viacom. So that means you lose CBS. You lose all these stations. It, it's exactly. really, like, similar to that. That's what made me think of it. And, and it's like there's got to be some kind of an agreement somewhere where it finally happens. I think if Apple knocked down their price for everybody, you know, I'd be interested to see how much that would really hurt them. Obviously, they need to take something because they have an app store to run. They they have to take something. Well, listen, if the app store generates fifty billion dollars in twenty nineteen, and that's based at thirty percent, if they drop it down to what 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 would be twenty percent, twenty percent. So you're going to drop it by ten percent. So now you have. Fifty billion less ten percent. That that that's a that's a good chunk of change mm-hmm. to just you know just to give people more I don't money. Know. Yeah. Yeah. The bottom line is you have to price your product no different than I think like you go on Amazon. You know Amazon takes out then then it's not, then we could make the sale armor for Amazon customers and how much they're taking out of people who who put the stuff on their store. They gotta up their value. They I don't know how much they take, but they take a good chunk. Of their money yeah, too. Yeah, of course. The, you know, the other thing is too. Epic's alternative is go put it on some other store, or develop your own store. Which I can't because Google won't let them on right. there. And the thing is, if if that's the thing, then develop your own store. Well, now they have to put that infrastructure in place and that hardware in place. Mm-hmm. Um, this is kind of like the same argument that Zuckerberger has with Apple. You know, um, to me, I, I wholly side with Apple in terms of uh, against Facebook as well. I think even though Apple, you know, their objective is to make money like any other company, they don't sell their customers' data like Facebook does. And Zuckerberger has a big problem with that because, um, I mean, no matter how he slices it, the one product Facebook has is your information. He's selling your information, everything about you, where you go on Facebook, what you look at, products you look at, to third parties to, to send you more of that annoying spam. In the response, Epic Games did publish a video. We talked about that last week. And it was a mock-up of Ridley Scott's 1984 Macintosh uh, commercial. So Ridley Scott actually uh, responded to that. And he actually liked uh, the parody of it, I believe. So, So he actually liked the parody of it. Uh, This is his response to that ad. I'm I'm sure have, and I wrote, to them because on the one hand I could be fully complimented by the fact that they copied my commercial shot for shot but pity the message is so ordinary when they could have been talking about 
uh, democracy or more powerful things and they didn't use it. I think the animation was terrific. The idea was terrific. The message was eh. Oh, well, okay. There you go. So it was all about that big brother. So they feel like they didn't, they love the animation. They like the parody of it. They just didn't think that the message came across very well. And that's hard to say. I mean, I think, I, I got the idea of the message, though. Well, you know, the, the, the thing is this. Um, Apple's a big company. And really, listen, when you're at the top of the hill, everybody's taking shots at you. Mm -hmm. um, we talked about it last time. Apple has big, big pockets. So um, they're going to sue. They're going to do whatever they can to try to get money out of Apple. Uh, because it's it's easier to pay people off than it is to fight the battle in court, and that's just um, the a byproduct of being number one. Now the the only problem, not problem, but the the one thing that Apple can actually say is that Apple is not necessarily number one in the smartphone market, in the computer market, so it's going to be very difficult for these companies to say that Apple has a monopoly because their market share for those items is not the highest. I think they should get off, I think they have to get off the monopoly part of it because I would never, you could never say that they're a monopoly. They're not the only app store out there. Android is just as big as, as iOS, maybe, maybe not as big, but it's definitely like, there's just as many devices that pretty much have it. And to be honest, like, they have to fight the... I think they have to bring up more that Apple is just taking too much away from their pro, from what they could be making as a profit, more so than a monopoly. And that's why yeah, I but think... Then that makes them, but then that makes them look like the greedy guys. Right, exactly. Uh, that is true. You know, all you got to do is just charge your customers more, but then their argument is, well, you shouldn't have to charge customers more money than they're already being charged. Well, that that's... You know, up to you now. Epic and is stick a, to the contract right. you signed. Yes, and Ap I mean this is the same argument I have with athletes. Mm -hmm. Oh, I want to renegotiate my contract. Do you have the uh, wherewithal to go into your boss and say, you know what? Um, I want to renegotiate my my salary. I, I want to raise. Mm -hmm. And your boss says, well, unfortunately, that's not going to happen. So, what's your alternative? Are you going to sit out? If you stay home, what happens? You get fired. These athletes. They hang out, and guess what? They get paid anyway, right? Mm -hmm. We don't have that luxury. Right. You know what I'm saying? So what happened to living up to the letter of your contract that you signed in good faith? If you go on Mac Rumors, actually, they have a great timeline where it shows Epic Games versus Apple. You can see a timeline of events that have happened since this whole thing has started. They've done a very good job of breaking it down for you. So I would recommend you go check out their site. That's where we get a lot of our stuff anyway is from Mac Rumors. So we thank them for the material that we follow off with. But I'm sure next week we're going to have something new to talk about against Epic versus Apple. But that is our show today, Frank. Frank. All right. We're all done for the week. Now, I have to close off by saying that as of this, uh, what I haven't talked about in my past is back in July 8th, I actually uh, had to take a severance package from SiriusXM. I am no longer was no longer working there, and it was a shame that it had to end the way it did, but I'm sure the fact that I wasn't at the office, the fact that I don't think I was 
well received by certain people there. Uh, I think all the clients loved me, but I don't think a lot of the upper area staff liked me, including my own manager, including the president of the company. So uh, it kind of ended on those terms. But luckily, I have now picked up a new job. I am now working for a school called the Avenues World School. It's a very high advanced school. Um, for definitely for the upper class, but it's really nice, and I'm uh, very, yeah, of course, absolutely. Uh, so I'm very happy to be a part of that, and uh, we're moving forward in my career, uh, and it's great because I get to work there, I get to work remote as well. So it all works out great, and everything's kind of starting to get back on track of my life. And of course, the pregnancy continues because we are very close to December when the birth of my baby, which we have now named Lucas William, is going to be coming into this world, and he will likely take over the podcast at some point. <laughs> so. Yeah, there you go. Wow. And, and with any luck, I'll still be around. That's right. And Keto Frank will be down to 100 pounds on this keto diet. So, All right, Will. All right, Frank. So we are done for this week. Thank you again for joining me for every single week, guys. Remember, you can see other items we've talked about in previous episodes. One of our most popular uh, episodes out there is the Genius Bar. We actually break down the entire Genius Bar. That's like one of our first episodes around episode five or six. We number them on purpose so you can actually see all the numbers and we can reference them that way. So check out some of the older episodes and download them every single week. That is Mr. Frank Funk. I am Will TLD. We thank you again for joining us for another edition of the Think Different Podcast.